Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. like video games? Do you like music? Do you like video game music? Then join the Washington Metropolitan Gamers Symphony Orchestra on Twitch. Each week we feature a game the orchestra has performed music from. Our arranger guests will chat about their process, their inspirations, and why game music is so awesome. Check us out every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at twitch.tv slash WMGSO. Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 66 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today I'm excited to be joined by Ophidian from the Chikara Wrestling Promotion. How you doing, Ophidian? I'm wonderful today, uh, and thank you for having me back on. Absolutely, absolutely. We've got a lot of very positive feedback from your last episode. We're very excited to have you back. Um, because we just talked to you in episode 57, we're not going to do the full interview, but uh, what's been up with you recently? Any any big, fun, geeky stuff you've gotten into? Any any big life things changing? <laughs> um, well, there's definitely some really uh, off-the-wall and over-the-top stuff that I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit later with Chikara, but mm-hmm. on a personal level... Um, I find myself uh, not being able to uh, take my hands off of uh, the Xbox remote when it comes to the game Neverwinter, which is a Dungeons and Dragons uh, MMO. Nice, nice, um, and uh, nice only if uh, if it didn't consume the uh, work time. Be <laughs> <laughs> playing that Dungeons and Dragons when I should be working or training or uh, working and like making costumes. I, I understand. I understand. It's hard when you find those games that you're really into and and you can't get enough of. Well, that's cool. Is this a, a relatively new acquisition for you, or or is it uh, something you've gone back to? Uh, it's a new acquisition for me. Um, I generally don't play MMOs. Um, not to say I don't, I don't find anything wrong with them, but I prefer the single player experience of RPGs, like standard RPGs. And uh, this one just kind of hit all the right buttons. Um, you know, it just took me in a way that I didn't expect. And I downloaded it uh, <laughs> within the right, uh, you know, within the last 
two months, I'd say. Um, and yeah, I've been hooked ever since. Very cool, very cool. Now, did you play any of the other? Do you have you played a lot of uh, the Dungeons and Dragons video games, or is is that a new? Uh... Uh, Baldur's Gate was the other one that I was a big player back in the PS2 days. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Baldur's Gate, and then the sequel, I believe, was Champions of Norgrath. Um, and both of them I played religiously, and uh, I like the I like the way all the Dungeons and Dragons games are interconnected. You know, because Baldur's Gate is technically in this world in this Neverwinter game. Um, so you can go there, just like you, you know, I don't know if it looks exactly the same yet, because I haven't unlocked it yet, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to know that it is in the world. Yeah, that's cool when they keep that, that internal consistency. Well, very cool. That's a lot of fun. How have you been do- uh, keeping it geek, specifically this past week? Anything, uh, has that been your main topic, or have you uh, had some other uh, stuff that's been fun and exciting for you? Well, today, as soon as I jump off this podcast, uh, I'm going to be in the city with my wife, and uh, there's definitely going to be some Pokemon Go hunting. As you know, they've released 80 new Pokemon. Yes, I heard about that. I heard about that, and that's really cool. I have I have not played since the summer. I mean, that's maybe a little bit around Halloween, but it, it's been a while, and I'm, I'm kind of itching to go out and, and find some Pokemon. Well, while I prefer the uh, handheld games mm-hmm. for the DS and such... Um, I do like the I do like Pokemon Go for what it is, the, the novelty of it, and uh, I don't know. I just there's something about that uh, that need to catch them all that makes me keep wanting to play. Like, oh, there's 80 new ones. I guess I have to come back and catch these ones because I can't have an incomplete Pokédex. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, did you ever get your uh, your DS working? Have you gotten a chance to try uh, Sun and Moon? No, I still do not have a. Um, three years. Unfortunately, I did not get one for Christmas. Ah, uh, that's a I got some great. I got some great things, um, but none of them involved a 3ds. <laughs> well, it's something for the birthday then, right? You just push it off to the next holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Uh, I hope. <laughs> By the time I'm ready to get a DS, I'm sure a new handheld will have come out. Especially with, especially the way the Nintendo Switch is uh, moving. Um, that's that looks like it is both handheld, you know, like a traveling device and a um, home console. And I love Nintendo for innovating a console that can work as both. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And I haven't had an actual console in a really long time. So it'll be really interesting to see how um, how that works. Because I love my DS and I use it when I'm, especially when I'm traveling. But uh, But I think having it, you know, plug and play anywhere you want to go. I think that's that's kind of a neat feature. Especially if you're traveling and you're stuck in, you know, you're sitting in a hotel like myself and I'm on the road. I don't always, uh, I like being at the hotel and I like, uh, you know, uh, relaxing, especially after I've had a show mm-hmm. and being able to hook up a console to a television. Sounds ideal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very cool. Well, this, uh, this last, since we've last spoken, um, I've gotten into Pandemic Legacy. Have you ever played that? No. Do you know what Pandemic is? I can't say I do. Um, it's a board game, but instead of being like a competitive board game with the people you're playing with, it's a um, cooperative board game. And they have something called Pandemic Legacy, which is basically um, the, the the goal of all the Pandemic games is to, to stop these diseases from taking over the world and kind of killing everybody off. And so 
it's a board game. You have little pawns that you move around the board, and you have different, depending on what your character is, different actions you can take on each turn. But what uh, Pandemic Legacy is, is they take that and they give a story to it. So you play in months. So like our first game session was the January month. So it was the the first month of this world where all of a sudden this this disease is breaking out. And the story carries over between game sessions. So if you win, you like put stickers on things to change the rules, or you tear up cards to take them out of play. And so it's kind of this living game that you play between 12 and 24 sessions, depending on how successful your sessions are. And so we got a couple of friends together and played our first round of that, and it was a lot of fun. That sounds like a blast. I have a few friends that are... Um, around here that are into having gaming nights and such, and that's definitely the kind of thing that we would, they and we would play, um, no doubt. I'm surprised I've never heard of that or wasn't brought to my attention before, because that's 100% down our alley. Yeah, no, it's a very cool game. I highly recommend it for everybody. Even if you don't want to make that kind of commitment to go over that many sessions with the same people, um, if you do the regular Pandemic, it's a lot of fun, too, and that's got, like, two or three expansions for it to make it kind of a different game each time you play. So, very, very much look forward to that. There was a Shadowrun game that I played that was similar where you, uh, had, it wasn't, uh, to that level of, um, like, you know, having these different gaming sessions, but you had a character that was more like a Dungeons & Dragons type of, uh, feel to it, where you had a character that you always kept, and mm-hmm. it leveled up and ex- had experience and evolved based on, you know, uh, these game cards, and that you would add your stickers and notes and stuff to the card that you could, uh, continually play with, um, and every game essentially was, uh, a different version of it as the way you leveled up changed the monsters that you fought up against, and so on and so forth. I like stuff like that. Yeah. We've come a we've come a long way from Candyland. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. Um, I've also uh, been listening to a lot of um, like actual play podcasts. So you know, people playing their Dungeons and Dragons games and, and different stuff like that. And it's kind of gotten me interested in possibly running an actual play. But uh, I'm I'm looking at some that are more gauged towards like conspiracy theory, cult of Cthulhu type storylines, and um, and so I've been kind of delving into like conspiracy theory podcasts and some horror story podcasts. And so there's just kind of this this fun look at the world in a different way, very X Files like type of materials. And it's it's kind of been fun. It's been a different uh different type of fandom for me. I haven't I haven't gone in this direction before. So that's that's been a lot of fun. Uh, surprisingly, I haven't gotten into many. I'm a huge, huge horror, uh, fan, and, uh, uh, I've never listened to a horror podcast. I mean, I love Grindhouse, um, I love the old 80s, like, cannibal movement and all, all the gore stuff that came out of the late 80s Italian scene, and, um, I love, you know, uh, slashers, especially from the 90s, from the late 80s and early 90s, and, uh, I'm disappointed in myself that my love of horror has not translated into listening to podcasts that also of people who also share that love. Yeah, it's it's a different community I haven't I haven't tapped into yet, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I also kind of on that vein started playing um, the Secret World again. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. Mm-mm. It's a it's an MMO, but it is um, it's 
very uh, urban fantasy. So the first level, you're fighting zombies in this like New England fishing town, and um, what it's kind of known for is you can't really solve the the game in the game. You have to go to the inner internet and, and look things up and it has a really good combat system but it also has a lot of puzzles and mazes and and so it's very kind of puzzly in its in its way you get through it you don't just you know it's not just a hack and slash kill everything and, and level up kind of uh, game it's very much like okay well we need you to get this camera from up in the attic but you have to find your way up to the attic and there's these barriers and how are you going to do it? And so it's for an MMO, it's it's very independent. I almost feel like it should be something like a Mass Effect or a, a Fallout or or something that's more of a one-on-one RPG, but but they have it as an MMO, so it's kind of fun. Any game that will take me back to you know the days of uh, putting a VHS, VHS tape into a you know player and watching a video alongside the game. I'm a big fan <laughs> of. So if, it tells, if the update to that is going online, you know, to view content to go along with the game, I'm I'm all in. Um, that's a I, I'm 100% into that. Well, and the great thing about it is it's a free to play. So yeah, you can spend like money on customizing your character, getting extra character slots, and that kind of stuff. But you can just try dive right into the secret world, and it's it's no no expenditure as far as i remember you may have to pay a little bit for like the initial install but beyond that it's like there's no subscription fee there's no and for an mmo that's that's rare nowadays i, I misunderstood you i thought you were saying this is an mmo board game or is this just a straight mmo no this is a straight mmo yeah, yeah okay yeah. uh hence the vcr reference i yeah, was slightly bit confused but that's okay because honestly it has that feel of of going outside of what you're working on and and kind of using other sources to find what you're talking about. So it it has those moments. In fact, I think there is even a, a part in the game where your character is putting things into a VCR to try and get more information. So that's why I just was like, oh, of course, yeah, that, that sounds perfectly in line with this game. <laughs> so that's the stuff I've been up to. Um, before we move on to our, you know, full Chikara update, I just wanted to announce that Russell Emanuel, who was on episode 37 of Geektitude, uh, talking about his uh, independent film Occupants, uh, is currently running an Indiegogo campaign, and so we want to to give him a little bit of a shout-out and and have uh, kind of direct people to his campaign. He's doing his latest film, The Assassin's Apprentice. It's starring uh, Star Trek veterans uh, Tara Page, Marina Sirtis, and Robert Picardo. So uh, we will have a link to the Indiegogo campaign in uh, our show notes. Uh, currently, uh, they're they're trying the movie is currently in post, but they want to do um, pickup shoots and uh, fix some visual effects. So looking for about six thousand dollars. They're about sixty percent of the way there, and they got twenty two days to go. So if uh, if you're a fan of the occupants or you just want to help out a, a guest on the show, you know, head over to our show notes and we'll, we'll get you. Uh, a link to his Indiegogo campaign for the Assassin's Apprentice. So it's a little bit of a help a help a fellow geek out kind of uh, announcement. All right, so let's just go to our our feature for today. Ophidian, what is going on with Jakar? It sounds like there's been a lot of stuff. Uh, a 
a lot has happened. We've done something that has never been done in the world of professional wrestling. And that's uh, skipped ahead a year in storytelling. Um, what I mean by that is, on December 3rd uh, last year, um, we ran our season finale, which was the end of season 16. Because runs in seasons. Mm-hmm. Every year's a new season. And the first show of this year, being February 4th, National Pro Wrestling Day, uh, the wrestling world found out that it was season 18 now. Uh, and they found this out by seeing a, a brand new grand champion was crowned in Ultramanus Black. You've seen the formation of teams that um, had victories that there was no record of because this is the first time the world's seeing them, or so they thought. And then characters that have completely changed their uh, alignment from Rudo to Technico and all kinds of craziness went down on February 4th. And at the end of that day, it was announced that this, the lost season, the secret season, if you will, uh, will be released immediately after the first show of season 18, which was February 4th. So, uh, Chakar has created wrestling's first bingeable content. That's awesome. That's kind of crazy. Um, what was the inspiration for this change? That's, that's, very out of the box. <laughs> it's extremely out of the box. Uh, Chakar has always been known for doing us, creating stories that would generally never exist in professional wrestling. Part of, uh, the benefit of being an independent company like Chakar, you know, kind of being run by, uh, the people that run it is that we can take those kind of risks. You know, back in 2013, Chakar ran a story where the company was shut down for nine months, completely dead and killed off. Uh, by a corporation that came in and tried to um, manipulate its characters and monetize it in a way that did not agree with the performers. So the performers revolted against the corporation, which resulted in the corporation shutting us down. And over the course of the next nine months, we ran an ARG campaign that brought us back to life, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and did all this cool stuff. So Chakar uh, has always been known for pushing the envelope of storytelling. And in comic books, uh, there's definitely a theme of... Uh, and this has happened before with Marvel. DC's done something similar, where they've uh, jumped a year ahead in storytelling to show you what the end result of the story was, and then released the issues that told you what happened over the course of that year. Lost did something very similar, uh, and coincidentally, the secret season, 17, uh, all of the episodes are named after Lost episodes. Oh, that's fun. Because Lost did the same thing. Now, um... I've got to imagine that trying to put together that much content in in basically two months, maybe, um, was that kind of an, an insane kind of situation to have to go ahead and film all of that material and in, in what normally would take go over an entire year? Absolutely. Um, so the nice thing about doing that, though, is was nine episodes altogether, and each episode's about an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we were able to, because it was separate from our traditional show structure format, we were able to shoot content cinematically, so there's a more theatrical feel to the promos and vignettes uh, that went down. But also, uh, we were able to capture this content in front of an audience that had not never really seen us before, or maybe wouldn't have taken the chance to go see us. And our normal fan base had no idea, which I think is the biggest... Uh, victory and all of this is that we were able to do this in complete secrecy. We're able to film that much content and that many matches 
<laughs> you know, uh, without the rest of the wrestling world actually knowing it happened. Um, they must have gone nuts. Your your fan base must have been like, what just happened? Because like you're right, nobody's ever done this before. We had a pretty successful stream. We uh, purposely uh, released National Pro Wrestling Day for free. We did live streams. We simulcasted live streams across Facebook, YouTube, Jakartopia.com, and Periscope. All had the same stream. Um, uh, you know, so we sent, we gave that show away to the wrestling world for free. And it was pretty successful, you know, with well over 30,000 views, uh, in, in the moment. Um, and then of course, you know, the continual views after that from people going back to after the announcement was said, um, it was pretty successful all around. And, uh, they, they did. It was a shock to the people there live, you know, to our traditional fan base that just had no idea who felt lost, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was amazing to see. And not robbed in that way either. Like, holy, you know, I was, I was about to uh, say something inappropriate there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Uh, but, you know, that, that feeling of all, like, I can't believe there's all these things happening. Like, I, I need to know. Like, Ultraman is black. I'll use him... Uh, uh, for this is that he's a, one of the most popular characters, if not the most popular character in Chikara. Um, he has a cult of personality about him that is unmatched by anybody. And fans have been yearning for him to become the grand champion. And they have it now. But now they need to see how it happened. And uh, we've created content, especially for our fan base, that is not just something you can watch, it's something you must watch. That's so neat. That's so neat. Um... As far as the the public's response is, it sounds like it's been very positive. Um, what was the the experience with everybody within the organization as you were doing it? Were you guys worried that it wasn't going to go over well, or were you just like, like the, how how was the the internal feel between all the performers and all the the people putting it together? So I know uh, I have a bit of a unique perspective to how things are going down because being one of the costume designers for the company along with my wife um we are privy to some information that generally wouldn't be you know privy to the rest of the uh, locker room ahead of time i should say not necessarily everybody obviously finds out because you can't show up for work and not have any idea what you're doing but right right right. uh we uh we you know we some information ahead of time and we got to uh we had to make an entire season's worth of characters that normally we do over the course of a year in this extremely short period of time on top of our normal Chikar workload and all the WWE clients and all the other things that we have to make. So we had this season's worth of stuff dumped on us. And uh, while we're actually up for the challenge, it was one, very stressful, and two, mind-boggling to think that we were able to pull it all off. What I think is the general feel of the locker room is that uh, what we're doing is insane. And this shouldn't work um, because the company is doing all these things in secret and you're not doing this to make money. You know, in the moment, right, you're recording all these shows that you can't advertise, you can't sell, you know, um, and or you can sell later, but you can't sell in the moment, you know, because nobody, nobody can know about them. Um, and it's definitely you, you have the sense of like, are we actually going to be able to pull this off and it help the company grow? Um I think for everybody that was around for the previous uh, bits of storytelling where we took those extreme risks, it was a no-brainer that we could definitely pull it off. Um, we, we shut down a company for nine months 
and made people truly believe that we were shut down and then resurrected ourselves. You know, when that was obviously a part of a, a, a small part of a larger story, then we can definitely pull off, you know, uh, this uh, time jump um, in storytelling. That's very cool. Um, talking about your wife and your business with the, the costuming, you're, you had probably less than two months. You'd had what? This was your this was your holidays. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Uh, much to the uh, um, I'll rephrase that. Uh, uh, my wife loved doing that much gear in uh, in such a short time period. And for us, uh, I say that very sarcastically. Right, right, right. Uh, she has, she's sitting over there, uh, kind of listening in to what we're saying. <laughs> giving you the look. <laughs> and she just flashed it my way. Um, the the our season finale for Chikara is always a big deal. That's the the payoff to usually many storylines that happened over the course of that year, like any T V show, right? The season finale's big. But with professional wrestling, it doesn't just happen uh with the physical movements in the ring. You need the costumes to match the progression of the story and the progression of the character. Right. So we had the season finale on December 3rd that needed a lot of new content, a lot of new uh, gear and costumes, and then had that immediately after. On top of the fact that, at least for us, uh, we had some of our other clientele contact us for a WWE tournament that was happening for the Live Network special in the beginning of January. Uh, so our holiday, this on actual like you know Christmas Eve and such, we were still making gear. We were still <laughs> sitting in the sewing room working. Um, wow. I think we only took Christmas Day off, if I can remember right. I had a show on New Year's Eve, kind of like that off, but I was still performing, yeah. so we were still working. Well, on top of, yeah, of course, the performances that we would both have to have as well. Right, uh, I was going to say, and, you, and you're a trainer, and you're, uh, you have classes that you teach and everything else, so it's not like you're quitting your or putting your, your other jobs on hold just to get these made. Uh, it's amazing, like I said, we were able to pull pull this off from a um, production standpoint and then uh, from a secrecy standpoint. The production aspect uh, blows my mind. And the fact that the content looks so good. It is uh, edited and again, like, shot and and, uh, created in a way that looks unlike anything else we've ever done. It is definitely a big step in the right direction, not only for uh, us as an independent company to create better looking content or better quality content, but for professional wrestling, since this has never been done, I think this is the kind of thing that uh, years from now um, you can look back as a as a large turning point for the way independent companies will produce content. Um, as as we're one of the larger uh, companies within the U.S., let alone the world, when it comes to uh, our reach and um, the amount of content we create. That's awesome. Congratulations to you guys for, for pulling all of this off because that's it's just impressive. I, I don't think there's another another adjective to, to use for, for that kind of stuff. So I think it's awesome that you guys have uh, have done something so unique. Uh, well, I mean, I guess that's what your promotion is known for, so I, we shouldn't be surprised, but you, you still surprised us, so that's awesome. Um, we still somehow surprise ourselves on a regular basis as well. <laughs> We actually did that. We were able to, to get away with that. And are we allowed to even do this? Oh, all right, we are. <laughs> That's very cool. Very cool. Um, 
back to you and your wife. How are uh, things going with the business? How other than other than busy, <laughs> and uh, and how have you been uh, keeping up with your podcast that I know you were starting? Uh, well, I think things are going really well for us now as we're starting to get uh, the group, you know, going. Um, the first couple were a bit rough, you know, referring to specifically the podcast and kind of learning our our. We have great great chemistry together, or else we wouldn't be married. Uh, well, at least I feel so, right? You know, uh, yeah, good chemistry together, and it was. I wouldn't have been able to convince you to stay married to me if I wasn't good at performing next to you. Like you wouldn't have. As she's yelling across the room at me. I've been able to trick you into marrying you. So, we uh, had, that, had that issue at first, and now we've definitely found our flow, we found our structure, we understand how we want to do things. And I enjoy being able to speak about the struggle of the independent you know, performer and the struggle of just the working class artist, which is what our podcast is about, and being able to be uh, more helpful in the burlesque side of my wife's work as well as having her be uh, more helpful to the progressing side of my work, the performance aspect of it. Um, I think overall it's helped us both grow in multiple ways. And then uh, having that attached with our Patreon as well and being able to produce a lot more content related to that and being able to uh, offer videos and content based off the stories that we're telling in the podcast. Um, I think all around um, we found something we enjoy producing. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. Well, I'm very glad that we got a chance to, to kind of catch up. Um, anything else going on that we should know about that we should, uh, you know, that we should be looking out for in the coming weeks and months? Uh, not all of not all of season 17 is available yet. We're giving it to you in chunks. So the first three episodes were released um, for your viewing pleasure over on Shakaratopia.com, and on March 5th episodes four through six drop so uh this is something that if you haven't checked it out yet don't worry you know there's there's still more content to be coming um and um it is gonna it's easy to catch up there's only three episodes released at this moment and the next three come out on march 5th over on shakaratopia.com and um i think really more than anything i mean that's it uh i'm super happy to be a part of that and i'm super happy that we're able to um release it in the manner that we're doing. Um, and uh, I think more than anything, that's what we're working on. If you happen to be in the Philadelphia area, too, um, we have new classes starting um, very soon. Next week is a free workshop that we offer about once a month where we give the opportunity, no cost to you whatsoever, to get into the ring with myself and Mike Quackenbush. And every once in a while, it's a different trainer. This next Friday, it's me and Mike Quackenbush running the uh, seminar. And... Uh, give you the opportunity to get in the ring and see what a day of professional wrestling training is like. Um, again, with no cost to you. And we let you get in the ring and, you know, hit those ropes and take some falls. Uh, and then some new classes starting right after that for beginners. Very cool. Very cool. Well, awesome. We're going to close things up here. Any shout-outs before we, we head out? Uh, I would love to... Uh, shout out the Cyberhawks 2000. Uh, they are the flyest team of the new millennia. And, uh, they are they are the greatest uh, 80s inspired cartoon character slash luchadors that I think have ever existed. And I also uh, happily have 
helped make and design their gear, which I'm super proud of. That's awesome. Very, very cool. I want to do a shout-out to my friend Drew, who I uh, used to play uh, World of Warcraft with, and I know he has just started listening to the show, so I want to say hi and uh, and thank him for tuning in. Um, All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epicgraze. Ophidian, can you remind us where we can find you and all your stuff? Absolutely. You can follow me on all the Twitters, Facebooks, and Instagram type things at Ophidian Cobra or our gear making company at Closet Champion. Um, if you're so interested in, uh, if you're interested in myself and want to learn more about what it's like to be a pro wrestler and a burlesque performer uh, in the working class, you know, struggling to make it happen, uh, you can listen to our podcast Bump and Grind, and you can. Uh, Get that on iTunes and all the SoundCloud and all the other places you download podcasts. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for for taking. I know you obviously you've had a very very busy schedule, so I really really appreciate you taking time to uh, come back on the show and and tell us what you're up to. We we really appreciate it. I'm more than happy to always come on. I hope you and your husband are doing well. Thank you very very much. For all of you listening out there this week, remember to keep it geek.